Hello, welcome, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Eric Anders Lang Show, and I'm your host, Eric. Well, it's been a great show, everybody. I want to say thank you to everybody who came on out. No, I'm kidding. Good morning. Happy Monday. Um, Oh, boy. It was a great PGA show, as you could probably tell, looking at everybody's Instagrams. So many great products in the golf world, just, just really helping everybody. Oh, so many golf businesses really out there just trying to succeed. Now, but we, we put together a really great video that uh, I don't know when it's going to come out. But, you know, to give you a sneak peek, a lot of people give the PGA show a bad rap. I was one of them, of course, because I'm the biggest hypocrite uh, on uh, on the street, on the block, the proverbial block. Um, but, you yeah, know, I mean... Look, the PGA show, sure, it's annoying. There was a couple times where people would just kind of come up to you and be like, hey, do you want to dance? <laughs> or it was like, some guy was like, oh, hey, do you guys want, you should go downstairs and check this out. And then I'm like, well, check what out? Like, I, do you know what we want to do? Because we want to eat. And they're like, no, no, there's a driving range downstairs. It's a little hitting bay that my company developed. And you're like, no, oh, dude, come on. Like, leave me alone, man. Uh, some guy came up to me and he had a little putting aid and he's like, Hey, Eric, here's my putting aid. Really love to get you on it. I DM'd you. What's your number? Da, 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 da. I'm going to really get you into this. I'm like, you know, I mean, that's fine, right? It's fine to have a product and it's fine to do this. It's the salesman-y aspect that I think in a lot of ways we run into in all forms of uh, living, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, e- even just golf media sometimes. Like you're like, uh, you know, I struggle with the idea of like, oh, we should do a contest. The truth is, I have a lot of shit that I want to give away. I'm sorry, I have a lot of stuff that I want to give away. Um, but you know, it's like I don't, I don't know. Maybe we should start giving it away secretly and not tell anybody because I don't like the whole like tag nine thousand friends, follow this something, and go follow everybody else because it's like I don't know. I feel like we already have enough work in our daily lives. Like we already we have jobs, so. There's obviously part of the PGA show where you get the hard sell. But the other part, it's just like summer camp. You know, we all go hang. Friends are there. People you haven't seen in a long time. People that you just worked with um, that you're excited to see again, like me and my golf. We did a great pod with Cameron McCormick and Corey Lundberg. They're going to be on here. Did a pod with Keith Reb and Riley Johns, the architects behind Winter Park. Uh, we did a pod with Trillium Rose, a great, uh, swing coach and really involved in the mental game. And also had some great stories about some of the high profile clients she's had from DC, AKA Capitol Hill. So it was really a great trip, you know? And, um, in that sense, I just had the best time ever. And I think we're going to put together a video of that. Uh, apologies for saying that we would have merch on Tuesday and not having merch on Tuesday. So there's that. I mean, that was part of it. It's like, we're just so, you know, busy. Like, we we get there and it's just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, everything to do, everything to do. And, you know, I mean, that's fine. That's 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 what it is. Um, but, you know, it's part of a thing too, is it's like, we're just me, Colt, Evan, and, you know, our fourth, whoever that is, um, in different places, different people, intern, uh, you know, PA. We had Alex come help us in Florida. Respect. Um, but, you know, we're, we're just we're just balls to the wall, if you will. And so sometimes we don't get that stuff done as soon as we want to. But that's just what it that we're a homegrown kitchen. We're not a restaurant yet. Um, so that was really great. Had a lot of great discussions about 2019 and what that holds in store for us. We're looking at the calendar and it's pretty wild. 
Uh, so that's the check-in from the PGA show. We got back on Sunday. No, we got back on Friday. And then Evan and I went down to San Diego to go to the Omni Hotel there and do a little Q&A with Johnny Vegas. I realized on my Instagram it was a bit misleading because it sounded like we did a podcast already, but we have not done a podcast. So hopefully when we're in waste management this week, we can get a podcast done. We're working on doing a meetup in in Arizona. I think we have a place. It's called uh, Cracker Jacks, I think. It's like a driving range. Maybe there's more to it. I'm not quite sure, but I think it's open at night as well. So we're going to look into that. It would probably be uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something like that, after I'm done uh, filming and working and stuff. So that'll be good. And oh, we also made a new feature on the website, which is it's the contact page. So because the, th- the truth is like it's hard for me, like I love getting messages. I'm actually going to read an email in a minute, but I love getting messages. And that was an email that went straight into the email address, which is by far the better way to get in touch. The DMs, it's like I don't have enough time to really give them all the right amount of energy. And also a lot of times someone will send a message in Instagram that's actually got information in it like you should go here you should do this here's a great story well it's very hard for me to take that you know because there are there are a lot of messages so it's hard for me to take that out of Instagram and format that into a document and as much as I want to do it I just don't have the time so we're starting to do a thing where now you can go straight to the website ericanderslang.com and and go to the hit us up page and you can fill out a little form of like what you think is a good story and then we can go there and do that or host a meetup in your town or whatever it is. So that's just like a really great addition that, you know, we're learning how to do that. Um, so let's see. Uh, happy Monday again. Very excited to be getting closer and closer to February 5th when we're going to go back to releasing the uh, Scotland vlogs. So the Scotland vlogs, again, we took a break and I think it was good because it was kind of, you know, kind of like when you're like, you know, when you're making out, you take a little break, you know, you want to just sort of, give it some room, breathing room. It's like foreplay, you know? So we're four, four F-O-R-E. Why is it foreplay and then you yell four? Are they related? Hang on, I'm gonna look this up. Okay, well, there's no actual response uh, on the internet, but I think I figured it out. Four, F-O-R-E means before, right? So it's like a four caddy goes before you, like B four, like four. And so foreplay is play before sex but what does come up is the best foreplay moves before sex which i might just read uh to help them get in the mood i mean this is incredible foreplay has a reputation as a warm-up or a lead-in to sex the appetizer to the main course that's a really good analogy uh the main course which is intercourse this is incredible uh but maybe it's time we stop thinking about it in such an old school way after all only 30 percent of women can reach orgasm whoa my god this is turning into um high school First of all, 30% of women can reach orgasm? What is that about? That is crazy. Oh, from, um, this is making me shy, from regular intercourse. This is like X-rated, this article. Uh, It's the moves we typically think of as foreplay. I see, I can't read this. I can't read this. Anyway, guys, gentlemen, check out this article. 12. uh, It's got a lot of stuff in there. Nipple action, talking. Um, yep. See, I can't read any more of this. This is, oh, fantasy. This is good. Uh, okay, here we go. And we're out of this subject. Cool. Moving on. Happy Monday morning. Uh, anyway, we are in a van. Uh, Monday involves us driving to waste management because it's the big crew. It's the big foursome heading to waste management. We're super excited. Me, Evan, Colt, 
and Stewart. Stewart made it back from Australia. He was just like, I'm coming back. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't stay away any longer. I'm just coming back. So Stewart arrived on Saturday morning. Uh, we spent the day Sunday just chilling around LA, did some yoga, got some brunch. And, um, you know, now we're going to go to the waste management and just chill. Like, we're just going to have a great time. We're going to play, uh, we're going to play some golf with some great people and just go full bore, full hog. I'm really excited. Um, you know, I've worked with waste management for three years now, which is crazy to say. And, you know, it's just a great, it's a great event. I mean, obviously it has its, um, you know, detractors as well. You know, like there's a lot of people and I don't drink alcohol. So do I fit in? Well, I would say, you know, maybe on the face of it, you would say no, but I would say I absolutely do fit in because, you know, what waste management does is it really tries to subvert the traditional version of a golf tournament. And I mean, when you go to 16, like it is an incredible feeling, like it is palpable, it is exciting. And I mean, geez, the experience of being there last year on my own, I guess I must have done a podcast about that last year. Hang on. Wow, I guess I didn't do it. The podcast started on February 19th, really February 25th. So I don't think I really did a podcast based on last year's playing in the Waste Management Phoenix Open Pro-Am, which sadly I'm not going to do this year. So, okay, I'll tell that story a little bit. How little old curly screwball Eric got to play in the best Pro-Am in golf, barring, of course, the Dunhill Lynx and the AT&T Pro-Am. Okay, so Waste Management Phoenix Open... For all you noobs out there, it's a big tournament, and it exists in Phoenix, Arizona. TPC Scottsdale, it's obviously Tiger Woods had a famous hole-in-one before they even had the stadium 16th hole, the loudest hole-in-golf, if you will. It's easy to call it that name because it is loud. It is the loudest. It's not just the loudest hole-in-golf. It's the loudest golf, period. There is no golf louder than 16. In fact, they should remove the word hole. The loudest in golf. The loudest exclamation point in golf. And so anyway, it's, it used to be called the, um, was it called the Phoenix Open? Yeah, I think so. We're just going to go with a yes on that. And now it's called the Waste Management Phoenix Open. It's Waste Management's only real activation throughout the year in golf. Uh, Waste Management obviously sponsors Charlie Hoffman. Don't hassle the Hoff, the trash man, the man with the mullet, one of my great friends, a friend of the pod, and... Always shows up to the Masters. Always shows up to the Majors. Wears a green glove. A San Diego guy. And obviously a Las Vegas guy. Charlie Hoffman is, uh, I guess, sponsored by Waste Management. Waste Management ambassador. I don't know. And Jarena Pillar, who I hope to get a podcast done with this year. Jarena Pillar is an LPGA Tour player who is married to anyone? 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 Everybody out there driving, mowing, riding, Sitting, walking, yawning, stretching. Some of you are involved in foreplay. I Look, I know it. It's fine. I get it. I also am involved in foreplay. Not right now. But, you know, just four. Okay. So, anyway. the um, Jarena Pillar is married to, yes, Martin Pillar, a PGA Tour player. They are maybe an example unto themselves. So, we're going to talk to Jarena about that. She's really cool. We got to work together last year. She's great on camera. I wrote some scripts that she and I acted out uh, that had to do with uh, waste and stuff uh, and recycling and reusing and reducing. And same with Charlie Hoffman. Those are all really great spots that I wrote and Golf Channel produced. And then we sh- and then I acted in them with the wonderful 
uh, tour players themselves. And again, this year we did more of those commercials. Uh, we, we were down in Orlando doing those two weeks ago. So those will be on Golf Channel. I'm really excited about those. I can't wait to see them. I haven't seen them yet, you know, but I'm not in charge of the production on that. So anyway, um, last year we go down and, and with Scratch TV, I make, well, actually, I mean, we could go back. Scratch TV makes me want to go back to the first time I went to the Waste Management, which was, I think it was three years ago. And the, this was this was three and a half years ago was the first sort of discussion about Scratch TV that I had ever had. Do you want to be a part of it? And then a few months went by and they said, I said, I'll do adventures in golf. And so they basically bought a pilot idea where I went to the waste management uh, with and I had never been. I went with like a small crew and basically kind of made some media around what Scratch TV was. And we interviewed a lot of people, and they used a photo of me and Ricky Fowler and Emmett Smith walking from the tee to the green on 16 as the press release for Scratch uh, launching altogether, which was like quite a uh, honor, right? I was just like, it was really funny. Like I didn't expect to be a part of it. And um, anyway, we shot some like random footage before Adventures in Golf really existed. The, the first real existence of Adventures in Golf was shot a week or two before the Open at St. Andrews that same year. Um, so, and then that aired, and then I don't think we aired the rest of that season for another long time. It could have even been a full year. <clears throat> so anyway, that's year one, and I'm just there as a PGA Tour employee, and I get to know the waste management people, and it goes really well. And I can't remember if that was the year where we did the Portalette. Yeah, I think that was the year. Basically, I convinced everyone to allow me to interview Charlie Hoffman in a portalette, also known as a porta potty, but corporate lingo would tell me that it's a portalette. That's what waste management wants me to call it. And so, therefore, I will call it a portalette. Haste with no haste, shall I call it that? Four. Um, so <laughs> From now on, whenever you yell four, you're going to think of foreplay. That's it. It's over. Good night. Goodbye. I'm sorry. Try not to laugh. Four. Uh, so anyway, we uh, we I, I convinced everybody to let me interview Charlie Hoffman in a portalette. And this is back when I told in the in the episode. I should play this episode right now. Do I have the audio for it? I should. You know, what? hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut to a quick commercial. Is that too early? Uh, and then I'm gonna see if I can suck down that audio from the portalette episode. And you can hear it. You can hear what me and Charlie are talking about. Because in it, I ask. Well, here you'll still hear. It. Quick commercial. Be right back. You're gonna hear the thing, and then I'm gonna come back. All right, everybody, time to hear from maybe what's soon to become your best friend, Blue Chew. Okay, here's the deal. Do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? I'm not talking about going to the bathroom. I'm talking about increasing your performance and getting that extra confidence. You guessed it, on the driving range. Nope, I mean in bed. Seriously, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue, not the color that your balls were. Before you got this wonderful, okay, moving on, bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's the real deal. I've tried it, and I'm afraid to say I couldn't leave the house for beep, and it's the stuff that works, exclamation point. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can even eat them in a sandwich. I'm just kidding. I haven't actually looked into that, but the point is, even on a full stomach, because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. For example, after getting your sandwich at Chick-fil-A and you realize that maybe you were hungry for something else. 
That's the phone ringing, folks, but it's not Blue Chew calling me to tell me that this ad is unairable. It's someone else calling me to find out if I really use Blue Chew. Anyway, hang on, because here's the deal. This isn't just for guys with dysfunction. It's for any guy who wants extra function and to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Now, here is actually an interesting subject, because... Have I, do I realize that you can always be better at something that you're not the best? Tiger Woods, for example. All right, I'm going to leave that there. I'm not going to go any further. Anyway, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. That means that it doesn't say Blue Chew all over it. I'm going to get laid in four minutes. So there's no in-person doctor's visit and no waiting at the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness unless you eat a lot of blue chew before the date. Okay, moving on. They're made in the USA, and since blue chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. That means you listening right now. Pull over the lawnmower, get out your pen and paper. You're going to go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free. Free? Wait, hang on. Free? You're going to get your first... Jeez, I'm going to I'm going to text this to everybody except... Mom and Dad, please skip past this. This is embarrassing. Anyway, you're going to get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code ERIC, E-R-I-K. Don't spell my name wrong this time, folks. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, chew, C-H-E-W.com. Promo code ERIC, E-R-I-K, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, folks. You know... My favorite golf shoe, don't you? I think you do. It's three-stripe life, y'all, and that means Adidas. Um, and so anyway, I just wanted to tell you that when I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tour 360, obviously, and uh, they've made a huge update to the Tour 360, and uh, the two letters that it's concerned with are the letters X and T, okay? The Tour 360 XT changes the game, okay? It's lighter. So your feet feel even better after a round. By the way, a light golf shoe is what I'm all about. A heavy. There are some other companies making heavy golf shoes, and I'm just like, by the way, I weigh enough. There's enough going on. I'm carrying a golf bag. I'm carrying my team. Um, Tor XT changes the game. It's lighter, so your feet feel even better after a round, and it still features that boost, y'all. Do you know where boost comes from? It and boost is cool because it only comes in black and white. I don't know if you noticed that. And actually, they the guy who made boost like was gonna bring it to some other, you know, they they were shopping it around, and everyone else said no. Adidas was like, I'll take that boost, even though it's only black and white. And what did Adidas do with it? They made it awesome. I'm looking at boost right now on my feet. Boost on my feet. Uh, and it has an X-shaped traction system that gives you insane stability. Literally, it's not sane. It's literally crazy. Your feet will literally be like, I'm crazy. Best part, it comes in spikeless. Ooh, that's tight. The first spikeless ever in the history of the Tour 360. Crazy comfortable and perfect for the course. Get your pair at adidas.com. Thank me later. Follow Adidas Golf for all the latest and greatest. That's all true statements right there. Check it out. Go support Adidas because they're a good company, good people. I like it. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. So, Charlie, thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. Did you ever think that you would be uh, having an interview in a port 
Only at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, I think I'd be having an interview at a portalette. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, what do you typically take when you have a headache? Uh, my headaches are usually self-inflicted, and I, I don't take anything. I, I figure that I, I should feel the way I do after the behavior I had the night prior. <laughs> I have an interesting question here. This is called Would You Rather. Have you heard of this before? Yeah, it's one of my wife's favorite games. Is it really? It is. All right. Would you rather stay in this portalette with me for two hours or have a really bad cramp that doesn't go away for four hours? I would take the cramp for four hours in the portalette. I'm going to try not to take that personally. <laughs> I had a dream that you and I had dinner. That's a bad dream. That sounds like a nightmare. No, it was a good dream. It was because I've always really, I've always liked you. I've loved your swing. When you had long hair, I identified with you because I have long hair. And so I had a dream that we had dinner, and I was just wondering if you'd be open to, in the future, potentially, you know, making that happen for me. If, if, if that's as high as your dreams go, I mean, I think I could fulfill that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Um, it smells really good in here, though. Can we just comment on that? Well, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Okay, we're back. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to the commercial. And thank you for listening to Charlie Hoffman's episode, the first episode of Between Two Portalettes. So in it, I tell Charlie that I have a dream where he and I have dinner together. And he says, that sounds like an awful dream or something like that. Well, I wasn't lying. I really did have a dream where Charlie Hoffman and I had dinner together. And I've had many other dreams about, you know, um, things that have manifested in my own life and in other people's lives. And people have had dreams about my life. I had a, a, a girlfriend I was seeing at the time last year who said, I had a dream that you worked with Adidas. And I was like, well, great dream. Literally a week later, I ended up contracting a deal with Adidas, like randomly out of the blue, very quickly. And it just sort of happened like that. And, you know, Stuart, I, I showed Stuart my phone yesterday. We were talking and, and I got a text message that said, oh, you should do a podcast with Niall Hor Horan. Horan? Horan? The uh, singer and golfer and friend of Justin Rose. And Stuart said, you know, I had a dream that we worked with, with him, you know, and we did a podcast or something. So... Um, I do believe in the power of dreams and I told Charlie Hoffman that and he, you know, he, he kind of shrugged it off. But in any event, it was the first of a series really, because the second year I went back, which was, uh, last year, we did a Portalette interview with Jim Fish, the CEO of Waste Management, <clears throat> who by the way, is just such a great guy. I mean, you think of a CEO as being, you know, uptight, um, you know, not interested in the, the, the little things, not, not able to relate probably very you know, private jetty or whatever, you know, but, but Jim Fish, I couldn't imagine a better guy. And he's just super, he's super uh, low key. He's got, he drives like a Chevy Malibu or something like that. Like I have a nicer car than the CEO of waste management. So go figure that. Talk about Kanye West spending before I get it. No, I do. Okay. I'm not, I'm not too crazy for, um, so we, uh, so then we do the interview with Jim Fish. It goes really well. Um, at one of these years, like they all bill in together. I caddied for Billy Horschel for a couple of holes. And anyway, last year, Tuesday night, uh, I am hanging out with the client there and we're talking about Wednesday's shoot schedule and, and Paula who Paula Davy, who's just such a dream come true of a person that I get to work with on the waste management crew looks to me and says, Hey, do you want to play in the pro-am tomorrow? And I was like, uh, the the you mean the waste management forum where I end up playing the 16th hole with 30,000 people watching and she said yeah do you have your clubs and I was like 
uh, no, <laughs> I also don't have golf shoes. And this is like five or 6 PM. And so the tea time would be potentially, you know, 8 AM. The only way to get the clubs and the golf shoes would be to have someone from LA pick them up and fly them out to Arizona, which by the way, totally reasonable idea. But I decided against it because, you know, I just, who like, that's a lot of money. And, you know, I, I'm there for the vibes. I'm not there to like score or something. And I play golf in sneakers occasionally. So I wore my uh, nice white ultra boosts. And truth is, I was terrified um, <clears throat> because, you know, I'm fine. I can play golf. I'm okay. I'm a single digit handicap. I can hit the ball. I can, you know, I've, whatever. But it's different when you're in front of a lot of people. Like there, I remember I seeing this, there was this golf digest, um, article, or it was like, you know, like a one page article that was like, you know, what would you shoot at Augusta? Um, you know, during the masters or something. And, and there's like all these, like, there's like a, a matrix of questions and it says like, what's your handicap And below 15, take a right above 15, take a left. And if it's, and if it's below 15, it's, it's like, um, do have you ever played golf in front of 20 people watching? Have you ever, and then it's like, have you ever flown on a private jet with three friends to go play a private course? And on the other side, it's like, um, do you play a ball that says noodle? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you, how many balls do you lose around? Like, and it's a really funny matrix. I got to find it cause it is really good. But yeah, no, I had never teed off in front of that many people, but now I can say, luckily I, I can. And so the whole, the whole thing for me was like, am I going to hit the green on 16? I just wanted to hit the green and I made kind of a big deal out of it on Instagram. And I was like, am I going to do it? I really want to do it. And it, it was a really interesting day because waste management tournament in itself falls right around my birthday, which is February 3rd. So, um, that's, it usually ends up being on a Sunday for some reason. I don't know why, but, um, you know, this waste management one year, the waste management pro-am was on my actual birthday and that was the first year and that's when i interviewed bubba watson i should really pull that bubba watson interview in here do you want to hear that do you want to hear the interview with bubba watson really quick all right i'm going to pull the audio down from that too and you can hear us talk he talks about hair this is the first year i ever did it and i was actually on live pga tour live um it was really funny and we kind of gave each other you know a little bit of shit back and forth and you know, I think, I think it really, we cracked it a little bit, like, you know, cause Bubba's one of those guys that like, you know, doesn't love interviews and just kind of, you know, he's, he's admitted to having severe social anxiety. So I was really proud that we were able to even do something at all in general. So, you know, I'm going to pull the audio off that and play the interview with Bubba. This is cool. It's turning into a waste management uh, variety show. So there you go. I guess that's what you get when you don't have a plan. Okay. Listen to Bubba Watson. We'll be right back. Well, what do you think, Bubba? You got a reaction to that shot? Uh, you know what? We thought it was downwind, and um, we thought with the adrenaline wedge we'd get there. 165, he said. Um, so it just didn't. He's a it, We hit it good. We hit it right at the hole. So it's just one of those things where we thought today it'd go a little bit farther with the uh, with the adrenaline of the hole, and it just uh, came up just a touch short. If it lands on the green, I think it bounces up towards the hole, so it wouldn't be bad. So at what point do you start making managerial decisions around the people that work for you in this situation? Uh, you know, it was the thing is we we pull the club. We went off a number uh, eight. I had 162 early on eight today, and I hit wedge in there just past the pin. So today, on 16, you know, a few holes. What is that? About eight holes later, we uh, we hit the same shot, and it uh, came up short. So either you know, inside this uh, this football stadium that we're playing in, the wind didn't catch it. I didn't hit it high enough, or it uh, it just didn't push it like we were expecting. So uh, it's one of those things where it's in the bunker, but I should have a relatively easy bunker shot, so I should be able to have a chance to get up and down. 
Yeah, I love it. So would you rather... You really didn't care about my answer, did you? No, I was just waiting to talk. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. Did, well, did you tell you that? Just, yeah. I, just, I could just ask you questions and then just be like, you don't even need to answer. Who, do you know whose birthday it is today? Mm. Take, a, take a big wild guess. Um, take a crazy huge wild guess. Somebody inside the football stadium right now. I just like calling it a football There stadium. actually may be someone else whose birthday it is, but it's mine. Oh, is it? Isn't that, isn't that crazy? What do you turn, 21? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Got me. Got me. I'm 35, dude. That's it. Nice. Isn't that crazy? Um, what do you typically take when you get a headache? You don't care that I'm 37. You're 37. Well, I knew you were 37. I never, I never get a headache. Dude, can I just say, when I first got into golf, you hitting clubs into cakes was like my favorite thing ever. You're into golf? I, I thought for sure, snowboarder. No. no, I'm all golf all the time. I don't do other sports because they may impinge upon my golfing. For example, breaking my wrist, things like that. I'm not interested. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. I've tried, I did hit a golf club into a cake, though, in your honor. Did you really? Yeah. No, yeah. How did that feel? I did it for, uh, it felt not actually as good as it did when you did it. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, don't worry about us. You just go ahead and play golf. That's good. Any questions for me other than that? Like other sports that I play? What, what hair products do you use? It's a good question, actually. I and usually, I usually use goat milk for mine. Why are you is, that, is that true? Would I lie to you? What is, what is, is goat milk an actual... He's lying to me. Here's the truth. Do you care about my answer or no? No, not really. For the fans, uh, I have a few. My wife and I have some family members watching the show. But Before you answer, I use uh, Selsun Blue. That's for dandruff, right? Right, exactly. Right, yeah. I got a skin disease, so yeah. what are you going to do? All right, respect. No jokes there. No, exactly. He's so, trying to tell us to stop talking, but he's, he's cares about amateurs. It's not going to help if we're quiet or loud. Sponsors, they're just paying boatloads of money. No big deal. Doesn't even matter. Right, no exactly. comment. So your hair but here's the truth. I wake up in the morning and don't touch it. It looks like it. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it. I laid him up there, didn't I? All right, thanks, Bubba. We're going to cut this We're going to cut this out now. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks, Bubba. Thanks for the birthday wishes. It really is true. No, it really is. I can show you my driver's license if you want. I can't read. No, you can't. English, at least. Right, exactly. What is your, you know, you don't have to say this tournament, but what is your favorite tournament of the year? Obviously, this one. Yeah, obviously. Right, exactly. After this? And right after that, it'd be the, the, the Greenbrier Resort there in West Virginia. That's a good one. I got a house there, so I got to say that. Solid. Right, exactly. And then well, right after well, that would be a close, close Masters. It would be right there. I love it. We'll see you there. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. Anyway, so how cool is that? Bubba Watson, just a legend on the 16th. We also did Phil Mickelson, Ricky, so many other greats. I mean, it was such a big, big, like, experience and moment. And, you know, I talked with Amanda Malionis on her upcoming pod about that experience. So when you hear... Amanda's pod, you'll hear, uh, you know, she hated me this week, apparently, because she wanted, oh, jeez, sorry, I, I opened a La Croix. You can't drink a La Croix on the pod because so many bubbles, and you end up burping. Four. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't help it. Yo no no capito, I can't help it. So um, anyway, John, Amanda was pretty pissed at me that week. Um, and she talks about how that was actually <laughs> that that week of being, she wanted to do the 16th tee box. And when she saw that it she wasn't on there, she was like, I'm out. And good for her. You know, she, she chased down what she needed. And now she's got a great, wonderful career with CBS and, you know, a bunch of great companies. So uh, anyway, then... Uh, then the next year, you know, we're going to go play the 16th. Uh, you know, we're going to hit, we're going to try to hit the green on 16 with Larry Fitzgerald and Charlie Hoffman and John Morris. And, um, you know, we just really were a wonderful group running around TPC Scottsdale. 
And in the end, ultimately, Kelly James heckling us on the 16th, that Kelly James is the um, kind of golfing musician, freestyler, heckler that shows up at, it seems like, every event, which I don't know how that's physically possible, but he does do it um, you know, with the help of, obviously, private air travel helps, uh, which I, you know, I can relate. I've, I have been on a private plane. That said, I do think private air travel is a bit wasteful. And um, I'm sure I would say it differently if I was on a private plane, but I have been on private planes and I've thought, geez, this is an incredible extravagance and I don't know if if I care that much. Now, maybe what I'm saying is totally offensive to a lot of people, but truth is like I would rather be on a normal plane I, I would rather first class is great but I, I don't know I just, I just feel incredibly wasteful and like disconnected from reality on those things I mean I like nice cars but I don't want a Lamborghini you know like I would never that's not me I would much rather you know just just like the truth is if you told me that I could play Augusta every day for the rest of my life or Beth Page Black like I would I would always take Beth Page Black and I'm not just saying that, like, I'm not just, I'm not just trying to get down with some like quote, like, you know, uh, what do they call it? Oh, when people are like, I'm on brand, you know, like, oh, that's really on brand for me. No, like I just, I literally just like, I, I don't like stuffiness and someone, there was actually a whole like Instagram spat that I wasn't even a part of, but I posted this picture yesterday about Kings Barnes and how the Scotland vlogs are coming back. And it like led into this whole thing where I think four or five guys were going back and forth about I was wearing a t-shirt and was that disrespectful to Kings Barnes and da 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 and like you know I'll just I'll just answer that right now. Um, here's the deal: it's to each his own. You know what I mean? Like you, respect and disrespect is ultimately a feeling that you will always basically calculate within yourself. So one person might perceive something as disrespectful, other might see, perceive something as respectful. Now, am I a person who's filled with and overflowing with respect for the game of golf? Yes, I believe so. Does someone else not feel that way? Probably, right? Um, now, did I did I mean to wear a t-shirt at Kings Barnes? No, not really. I was actually wearing a sweater and a jacket in the morning and then it got really hot. And I had to take everything off. And I was unfortunately wearing a t-shirt because I had been playing golf for 10 days straight and all my golf shirts were dirty and I didn't really want to wear a dirty golf shirt. And I looked over at my caddy who'd been caddying there every day for the last several years of his life. And I said, is it rude that I'm wearing a t-shirt? And he said, no, no problem. Bandon Dunes, folks, there's no dress code. You can wear jeans and you can bring a dog. Okay, you can wear a t-shirt. Uh, every public course, right? So, you know, and when I showed up to Augusta, when I, when I played Augusta, I did wear a golf shirt, if that's what you're interested in knowing. I wore a golf shirt to playing in the Pro-Am at Scottsdale. Ricky Fowler, over the weekend playing in Torrey, didn't tuck in his shirt. Did he get fined? Yes, right? Who paid the fines? Puma does, right? Michelle Wee, she breaks the dress code every week she's on tour. Her skirts are too short. You can see that she has spandex underneath her skirt, which is a violation of the dress code. Does she pay the fines? Yes. Is that disrespectful to the game of golf? No one seems to think so. I don't care. You know, I mean, I actually just saw Wilshire. A friend of mine just went to go play Wilshire. I'm sorry for the digression. We're jumping into this, but it's important. Um, I just saw a friend of mine went to go play Wilshire as a guest. And he went through the gate and they handed him a card. And the card had a list of all the rules. Do not change your shoes in the parking lot. Uh, please go straight into the pro shop and check in. Um, you know, we will, we, da, 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 um, cell phone policy, 
da 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 all of this stuff. And I mean, I read it and I laughed because I was just, well, first of all, I was really grateful that they didn't have that when I was there because I find it a little embarrassing. Because what, what is the point of all the rules? I, I don't quite understand. Like, like, where does the respect for golf get thrown into question because I'm on my cell phone conducting, well, probably something important either with my wife and kids or my business? Like, I don't think people are just out there on the course, like calling their friend who's like traveling through India the way a cab driver does. Like, you know, when you get into a cab, they're just on the phone. Like, they have like five guys on the phone and they're just shooting the shit because they're at work and, they're, and it's just like easy. Like, th that's not happening on the golf course. Like, people aren't doing that, I don't think. I mean, if you go to a public course where there's no rules on cell phone usage, are people out there just, like, blazing with their cell phones, like, watching YouTube videos and, like, engaging in loud, frustrating conference calls or maybe even just on hold with the dentist or something? No. So the idea that all these rules exist really, to me, is just out of touch. Now, am I going to break the rules intentionally and put someone in a position to make me, to make them need to say something to me uncomfortably? No, not really. That's not my MO. I'm not a, I'm not a rule breaker for the sake of breaking rules. Um, one of the big reasons why I left Wilshire is because they had a rule about dogs. I didn't like that. I actually ran into Rick Riley at the PGA show, the head pro, and he said, let's go play Roosevelt and bring our dogs out. That made me really happy because I realized that my desire to bring my dog out is actually shared by everybody who has a dog and who plays golf. It makes no sense that there are rules against bringing your dog out. And meanwhile, Anyone who was, I, I don't know who was doing this like, you know, back and forth on the Instagram photo from Kings Barnes, but ultimately, uh, you know, the, the I played with one of the men who works at the RNA with his dog and his girlfriend who brought sandwiches and no clubs. First of all, can you do that in America? No. Um, <laughs> most places. Also, one of the gentlemen who was corresponding in this uh, back and forth was who worked at Kings Barnes, <laughs> you know, so it's like, I mean, you know, I get it. Like, like people want to take care of what they care about. And for some people, they care about respect for the game in all ways. Someone once said to me, take your hat off, you're indoors. Be respectful. And I was like, well, I'm in a bar. Uh, so I don't know who I'm disrespecting by having my hat off indoors. At, at a country club where the rules are no hat indoors, I take my hat off almost as a matter of uh, reflex. But, you know, and also the whole hat thing is a military thing. Like, that has nothing to do. The military... Uh, had it way before and it was the idea was that you had cover and you would take your cover off if you were indoors your cover is your hat so that's a big part of what it is and standing at attention things like that I mean for some reason golf picked up a lot of the military uh, hierarchy respect and protocols from golf which I think is great but um, vice versa rather uh, golf picked those up from the military but in any event I mean you know I I I didn't comment back on this whole Instagram back and forth because I just don't really care. You know, I, I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And if someone's upset at me for wearing a t-shirt to Kings Barnes, that's fine. I totally get it. I, 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 I hate that anything I did would unintentionally make someone else upset. But at the same time, it is 100% out of my control how you feel from what I do. And that was a hard thing for me to get over in me just becoming a content creator and a journalist and a, quote, face in the golf industry. I, I never wanted to do that, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I didn't. When I came out here, I just wanted to make films. And that was what I started with. And then someone literally pushed me up to the front and said, here, just get in line. We want you to, we want you to be on the show because you're, you're good for the game of golf. And, you know, on whatever level that I disagreed, it didn't matter because I needed a job. And so I just did it. So I didn't come here to do that. Um, 
you know, I love Publix because I can wear a t-shirt. And, you know, if, if, if uh, I know that that doesn't upset anybody, but the idea that I might be breaking a rule, you know, I've done that. I have broken rules. I jumped a fence. I snuck on Cypress Point. I brought a dog to Pinehurst. They're not allowed there. Um, I have, um, I've, uh, what else have I done? I've done a lot of things. I, I've snuck my dog on other courses. I've, um, what have I done? I've, um, I've played two balls, right? That's, that's not illegal in some places. I, I played around with my hat backwards at a private course. That's illegal. I have had small conversations while out on private courses that don't allow cell phones on speakerphone. Uh, I have, what else? You know, I've done all of these things, but I do believe that at the bottom of it all, like nobody can call into question my respect for the game or anyone else who plays the game. So, and I know that if you're listening to this, you're probably on the same page as me, but I just felt like I needed to air that out. And if you, and if you did see that on my Instagram, that that was my stance behind it is like, yeah, I don't need to chime in. I might actually now tell these three dudes to go listen to this because you know, it it does deter, it, it does demand a longer conversation. I don't really want to get into an argument on my phone. Like there's no way to determine how you mean something or how it's said or, you know, whatever. Anyway, I digress. We're back in play, and we're going to talk about the waste management and how wonderful an event it is. Um, one of the interesting things about playing in the Pro-Am with Larry Fitzgerald and Charlie Hoffman was that it was six and a half hours, <laughs> which was intense. I was hitting the ball great. I had these rental clubs, uh, which were like, I think they were stiff shafted and had a little driver there. It was like, and, and I was just hitting the ball great. Like, And I remember I got up super, we had to be shooting at like 8 a.m. Uh, hang on a second. Yes, we had to be shooting at like 8 a.m. And uh, but I but I didn't I didn't know what the rental clubs were going to be like, and I also didn't know what my shot shape was at the time. I was in between a cut and a draw, so I get my rental clubs and I go at the, I get up like an hour before sunrise and I go out on the driving range at you know I think I got there at six, so I woke up at like 4:40. I mean at this point I am terrified. I'm also excited, obviously, but I mean. Dude, I watched Mark Wahlberg hit two shanks in a row on 16, and everybody booed him. And he's Mark Wahlberg, okay? He's, he's like, adored by women and men. I'm just, like, a curly guy named Eric whose pants are a little too tight. So, like, what am I? Like, I have no prior respect walking onto the 16th tee. And so I'm just terrified, and I've watched it go down badly. I've watched PGA Tour players miss the green and get booed. So all I want to do is just land that ball safely on the green. And what's really funny is I went through this whole thing on the range. Like I was out there for like an hour just hitting pitching wedges and nine iron, trying to see the distance of these rental clubs. And the guy, the volunteer comes up to me and he's like, "What? you are out here early. What is going on? And I tell him the story and he goes, oh, geez, good luck. So anyway, I, I, I basically figure out that I think I'm going to be playing a draw. It's looking like the ball's moving a little bit right to left. And I think a pitching wedge will get me there if the pin is in the middle of the green. And I'm thinking I'll play the middle of the green because the pin... The green itself has kind of a small opening on the front and it's fatter in the back to the left. So I'm like, this is great. I'll play a little draw. That means if I overcook it, I'll probably still stay on the green. I just don't want to have to chip in front of anybody because my short game is horrendous. So like the last thing I want to do is miss the green and then I blade one into the stands or shank off the tee. I mean, there's a lot of bad outcomes here. So I'm just literally just trying to just be cool. So my tea time is like 11 a.m., which means that I'm literally going through the gauntlet at like 3.30 when the maximum drunkenness and crowdedness are occurring because as soon as I finish my round, then it goes into this like crazy party called Shot at Glory, which was just terrifying. So we get up. 
Uh, we play the round. I'm hitting the ball great. I'm feeling really good about all my swings. There's like a longer par three that I hit the green on. I made birdie. Um, you know, Charlie Hoffman's like giving me the reads all day. I'm like literally just like I'm probably five over as we go into see. I'm playing great. Uh, I think I almost birdied 15. I got up and down, and I'm just like. I'm just playing loose and free and having a good time. And my caddy is a wonderful guy, Dennis, who works for Waste Management. Really nice guy. His son's a fan of the show. It was just so fun, you know. And Larry Fitzgerald's such a charismatic guy. And we're talking about how he loves to travel around the world. And he goes by himself because he doesn't want anyone to hold him back. And he wants to go to museums and play golf. And I'm like, dude, we got to do an adventures in golf. Unfortunately, I didn't get his cell phone number. So I was never able to get in touch with him again. But, you know, that happens. Uh, who knows? Maybe things will change. <clears throat> um so we round the corner into 16, and I mean, I can't describe adequately the feeling of walking through this tunnel, this gladiator tunnel, into this arena of just pandemonium. I mean, it's there's nothing really quite like it on earth that I've seen or experienced. I mean, I suppose a basketball stadium, uh, I suppose football, but as a golfer, this is it, because you have to hit the ball. And so we go, Charlie, Charlie tees off from the tips, obviously, he probably hits a probably hits like a hard eight um, from the back there. Hits a little draw um, back left of the green. Probably got about a 30-footer for birdie. And then uh, basically then uh, John Morris goes. He pulls it left, doesn't hit the green. Larry Fitzgerald goes. He he basically skulls it like left of the green, and he's good. Like he's a good player. So we've got one ball on the green, two balls off, and then Jesse um, – Kelly James starts laying into me as I'm about to swing. And I finally, I look at the number. It's like, I think it's like, oh, what is that? It's like 132, I think. So I pull pitching wedge. And what's really funny is, I mean, I told you I had spent all this time in the morning look, thinking of my shot shape and what I was going to do and everything. And, da, 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 and I was like kind of convinced I was going to just try to trap a little draw in there. And basically, there is so much going on in this arena. There is so much energy and action and yelling. And then there's Kelly James with a microphone on a you know a speaker yelling at me <clears throat> and i tee the ball up i get behind it i do my routine I, I i grip up the club i line up and i basically lined up dead at the flag and i hit i hit a little pull cut and i just like literally laid it up there i was just inside charlie hoffman i had about 25 feet for birdie the crowd went nuts kelly james said that i was basically better than a tour player Charlie Hoffman was laughing and taking video. And I mean, I've never been more relieved in my life. Like I literally felt like I jumped out of the way of a moving truck. And I mean, the amount of um, adrenaline that was coursing through my body on that tee shot, I've never even remotely experienced. I mean, the experience of standing on an altar and getting married to someone, that's pretty adrenaline invoking. Um, you know, I've been hit by a car before. Um, you know, I've spoken in front of 2000 people for 30 minutes once at a PGA, uh, the PGA tour summit. And I had to talk about golf and all that stuff. And it, none of those things were even remotely as terrifying as this. It was, it was shocking how nerve wracking it was. Um, and yeah. And then we hit the green and then, and then, so Charlie, then we get up to the green and I'm just like, so relieved. I just feel like I'm a champion. I feel like I killed the beast. And Charlie's like, do you want to read? And I'm like, yeah, of course I want to fucking read, Charlie. Come on, let's go. So he gives me a read. It's like eight inches on the left. And I hit the line and I hit the edge. I, I, I catch a piece. It doesn't drop. But the entire stadium is invested. And as the ball gets closer, everyone goes, oh, oh, oh. 
And then it catches a piece and I was like, oh, and you know, they want a birdie. And that's, what's really cool is like, you can, you know, looking at the audience and however you want, you can talk about that Instagram comment that I mentioned a minute ago. And like, at the end of the day, respect, no respect, style, costume, outfit, location, place, bank account, club, hat, shirt, whatever it is, whatever it is, every golfer at the end of the day wants their partner or the person on the screen to make a birdie. They want them to succeed. And that's kind of the coolest thing about golf in general is it's always just this gladiator moment where you just want to see someone get free from their own, like, you know, whatever it is, like barriers, uh, detractors, weights, you know, just, we're just trying to get free out there and swing our swing and read the line and just let the club head go. Uh, and it's very hard, right? As you know, I mean, you play golf, you know how hard it is. It's hard to do on your own. You know, I remember the first time I made two birdies in a row. That was a huge moment for me because there's all, it's kind of like golf is like the same where you're just pushing a rock up a hill and, you know, you kind of get to that point where you've done something before and now you can push it further. But at some point that new territory, I've never pushed the rock this far. That is really a big deal. And, you know, now I'm excited to go play in another pro-am and really like, you know, feel and and maybe then have an actual line for my shot rather than just aiming at the flag and being like I guess I'm I don't know I I did not have a shot shape in my head I just aimed at the flag and just swung that was the best I could do and the craziest part about the whole thing is we then we continued playing and you know we went up 18 and I don't even remember 18 so I I think I parred both of those like I, I mean there's nothing even matters at that point <clears throat> but what was funny is we finished the round we hung out uh we got some photos like whatever, whatever. And then I went back to my room and Snowball was in my room and I, and I went back to my room and I had a beautiful, nice little room and I pulled out my phone and everyone was so excited that I hit the green. I went live. I was on Instagram. This is back when I, I might've had like 2000 followers or something. Was like, there was nobody watching. Um, and you know, it was such a cool thing to be able to have shared the moment with the few people that cared about, you know, what we were doing and adventures and all this stuff. This is pre-podcast, right? This is pre-me having a YouTube channel. This is pre-anything, all right? This is the beginning of it all in some ways. And I get back to my hotel room at the Fairmont, which is just off of the uh, fifth hole at Scottsdale. Uh, and, um, and my phone rings, and it's Ashley Mayo from, at the time, Golf Digest. And she goes... Hey, congratulations on making par on 16. And and I was like, thank you. And we had met uh, the summer prior, um, but, you know, didn't really, uh, you know, we didn't see each other that much because she lives in New York, but we but we became friendly. And, uh, and she goes, look, I have an opportunity for you if you're interested. And I was like, okay, what on earth could you, what on earth could you propose to me that I would, you know, that would blow me further away than what's already happened today? Uh, and she goes, yeah, well, I, you know, if you want to cover Augusta with me, the masters, uh, you can, we'll pay for all your expenses and, you know, we can, you know, we can go cover the Augusta as a, as, as press. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me you're going to pay for all my expenses and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to hang out with you all week and we can watch golf and go for a tour and go to the media center. And she goes, yeah, yeah. Cause you can't. You can't just get a media pass to the Masters. Like some tournaments you can, but but not not the Masters. And I'm like, yeah, of course, absolutely, 100%. And then I call Stuart, my best friend, who's, you know, we're in the car with on Monday. And he goes, he goes, dude, that means you get an opportunity to join the lottery to play Augusta the Monday after the Masters. 
And I mean, I kind of laughed and I was like, yeah, cool. Like that's never going to happen, dude. Like I've already maxed out and we're basically at the beginning of February. Like there's no way I'm playing Augusta. And well, you know, if you know the story, I, I did end up playing Augusta. There's a podcast about it back in April. Um, and then the other irony is like before we ended up playing Augusta, Stuart and I were in Japan working with Katsuhiro Mura, watching the cherry blossoms unfold for us after a snowstorm. I mean, the, 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 the 2018 year for me, I don't, I should get a tramp stamped on my lower back because it's just, I fucking love that year. It, it just was, <clears throat> it was a very special year. So anyway, 2019 waste management. I'm not going to play in the pro am as far as I know. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know. That's the story. Oh, I, oh, I was going to read a letter. There's my story about waste management. Hang out. I'm going to be right back when I read a letter. All right. Welcome back. This letter is from Greg Long, and this came through the website. And uh, <clears throat> I'm deciding to I, I'm deciding to read it because it really um, explains a lot of what we're trying to do here with the uh, with the content we make. Hello, Eric, and the rest of the respective team. My name is Greg Long, and I am a firefighter who lives in Nashville, Tennessee. When not at a fire station, I am a wanderer of all golf experiences, and I also work in the cart barn of a local course. Shamelessly, I took the job there to have the opportunity to play more golf. Not that shameless, man. I respect that. I think that's really cool. I started playing golf two years ago, and needless to say, it has been an entrancing experience with a cluster of ups and downs. I'm writing this letter to say thank you for broadening my understanding of what golf is. I do not have any roots within the golf world, so as a beginner, I really struggled to define what the game meant to me. Often I spent too much time and effort fixated on numbers on a scorecard. I was playing a game with so many fascinating and beautiful details and not taking the time to appreciate any of them. Then, in a pivotal moment of my life as an adult, I stumbled upon adventures in golf. Binge-watching ensued, and following that, I discovered the YouTube page, and shortly after that, I was listening to the podcast while driving to each shift. All of a sudden, I was looking at not only golf, but life in a different lens. The little details that I was once blind to were clear as day now. The stress that most first responders deal with create a need for a constructive outlet, and golf has become that. In regards to the subject line of this letter, which I didn't read, it is... I don't have a subject line. Okay, sorry. In regards to the subject line of this letter that I do not know currently, I have had you mention Sweeten's Cove in several podcasts now. I got the idea in my head that it may be some type of sign. On the very off chance that you are that you need a cheerful and easygoing random golfer to join you whilst playing there, I would be ecstatic to oblige. In the very likely case that this unfortunately does not fit anywhere within the plans, I completely understand. With Sweeten's being a short car right away, I figured I would take a shot in the dark. To cap it off, I would like to thank Eric, Colt, Evan, Jeff, Snowball, and everyone else who has poured endless hours into making this refreshing and authentic take on golf. You all have played significant roles in guiding people through the hellish, I mean, holy journey that is golf. The warmest of regards, Gregory Long. Greg, first of all, man, I really want to say thank you for that letter. I know it took you a minute or two to write that, and I appreciate that. And I do try to get to all of those. And I also appreciate you sending it through the website because that allows me to actually remember it and get to it and organize it especially when you're saying that you want to play Sweden's Cove because I'd like to inform you that that is going to happen <clears throat> and I believe it's going to be around the Masters so Greg we'll reach out to you and we'll set that up and I think probably what we'll do is we'll set up a random golf club out there and we'll all go join and uh, hopefully we can have an opportunity to all play together and and, and have some fun I'm going to try to make some bag tags for that event and we can do our first random golf club uh, join with bag tags and we actually you can get your handicap with random golf club too um, at the time. So 
anyway, thank you so much for that um, reminder of what we do and why we do it. Reminder of who our audience is, right? I know, Greg, you're two, two years you've been playing golf. Well, who cares? Like, you know, like, I mean, not I mean, who cares? I mean, I mean, <clears throat> what I mean is that's important because we all have been playing golf for different amounts of time. And so what I mean is like two years, 20 years, 200 years, two days, two months, who cares, right? Like, like we're all together and we're all equal. But on the same time, I do care because that's a big part of who am I talking to, right? What, who is this for? Right? I don't think it's for the score-bound Sunday watcher of PGA Tour events. It might be. I used to be that guy, but I'm not anymore. Um, I wish I was. I just don't I don't know. I, I don't entirely care as much about who wins or loses on the PGA Tour. I think I care a little more about Tim at Cross Creek and Mike Mega and uh, you know the random people we met in Scotland and our next uh, meetup and you know recording this podcast for you twice a week and I'm proud to announce we're going to keep doing it twice a week. I know I've floated the idea around of bringing it back to once a week, but we are going to do it twice a week for the foreseeable future. And uh, you know I'm 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 thrilled to uh, have heard from you guys that you want that. You know it'd be really sad if you're like no go back to once a week, mate. Two is a lot. Uh, so it means a lot that you want to listen twice a week. I really appreciate it. And we will keep pushing that pedal all the way down to the metal. Four. And, um, you know, sorry, I'm sorry. Anyway, everybody, have a great week. I really, I'm really excited to see what comes out of this wonderful week at the Waste Management. I'm really excited to see where we go uh, as we sort of underline these travel plans for the next couple months. It's really getting a little crazy, actually. Uh, I, I, I basically am about to, you know, uh, never come home again. It looks like it's uh, now it's being home is exotic. Being home is like what it used to be like to go to Hawaii or something. Being home is totally wild. Um, so anyway, uh, I'll see y'all in the showers for sure. But if not before then, definitely hit us up on the website, get a little bit of your own merch. If you got questions about that stuff, we're going to have the visors back. We're going to have all the good stuff back. I'm going to start on doing some t-shirts and school stuff. You know, I really appreciate your support out there for picking that stuff up because that definitely does get us through the moments, you know, like we are a small business. We are a kitchen and not a restaurant. And, you know, that's why we struggle sometimes to get things done the way we say we will. And, you know, some videos don't pop out the right way. And I know some of you have ordered hats and the wrong ones have shown up. And, you know, the person who did that was, you know, we, we, we swapped it out <laughs> and now we're in charge of it on our own which does make things harder, but at the same time, we have more control and we can really get things done for you. Um, and, you know, again, I just, I can't say from the bottom of my heart enough, like it, your support is tremendous and it means a lot. And, um, you know, it's really that, that, that glue that goes in between the moments that, you know, of, of why we do what we do. So again, I'll see you in the shower.